0: Good morning, Holland Chapel. My name is Nick. I'm one of the pastors here, and I am so, so glad to be with you today. I hope that you had a wonderful spring break. For some of you in the room, it's just another week, but for others, you got to celebrate with your kids and give them a little break out of school. Uh, I know that it stinks that spring break is over, but that just means we've got about eight or nine more weeks. And then it's summertime, students, so never fear, summer is coming. I'm a parent of a senior, and seniors only have about five weeks left, and so we're counting down the days to summertime. Today we're on our final week of our series entitled On Mission. And I will say it again, as we've said it the previous three weeks, to be on mission, we have to know our mission. Now, I am of the belief that sometimes that mission... Even though it shouldn't, and you're gonna hear why in a minute, but sometimes it just gets dull to our ears and it doesn't have the same feel to it, the same power to it. Our mission here at Holland Chapel is to helping people find and follow Jesus. I looked up a few of the best mission statements from some of the world's greatest companies, and they are these to spread the power of optimism, to inspire healthier communities, to build the best product. To make the world's most respected service brand, to create a better everyday life, to give the most compelling shopping experience, and to spread ideas. Those are all good missions for those respective companies, but listen, none of those affect eternity. Our mission to help people find and follow Jesus affects eternity. It's a big deal. And so let us not just think of it, oh, here it is again. We're saying our mission again. Listen, that's a big deal. We get to help people find and follow Jesus. We're on that mission individually. That mission affects our conversations. It affects our habits. It affects our actions as we go throughout our week. But we're also on that mission together. We're on that mission together when we gather to worship. We're on that mission together when we connect with one another. And we're on that mission by serving, which is today's big idea. We're on mission together when we serve. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. And just like our mission, serving is a big deal. Uh, Scripture is full of passages about serving. Over 500 times just in the New Testament alone. And so we could take this idea of serving and we could go a hundred different ways with it this morning. We could expand our sermon series and preach another series on just serving. But I've got some people that I want you to hear from this morning. And so we're going to be brief this morning as we look to God's word and and hear just a little bit about what it says about how important serving is because I want to have time for you to hear from some people who I truly believe has a heart of service. One thing we need to make clear Before we go on, is that we, the church, should serve outside of these walls. A lot of what we're going to talk about today is going to be talking about serving in the church. But the church should serve outside of these walls. You see, when we think about our mission and how we are on mission together in worship and in connecting and serving, I think of it this way. Worship is our response to Jesus. We connect because of Jesus, and serving is a picture of Jesus. And so, how better to share Jesus than to show them what he looks like? The church should serve outside of these walls. Matthew 20, verse 28 says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So, when we serve, we look like Jesus. A few weeks ago, back, I think it was back in the fall, we were in our John series, and we come across John chapter 13. And I would invite you to go back and listen to any of our gatherings online. And and you can go back and listen to the the sermon on John chapter 13, where we talked about these serve towels, and we gave you these to take home, to remember, to look like Jesus as we go out and we serve the world. But in John chapter 13 is the story of Jesus washing his disciples' feet. And Jesus said, I have given you an example. Do as I have done to you. And so how better to help people find and follow Jesus than to show him what, show them what real love looks like, just as Jesus did to his disciples. Show them selfless, humble, sacrificial love. We're on mission together when we serve. And we as the church should serve outside of these walls. But today we're going to talk a little bit more about serving within these walls. But understand, it does not have to stay here. we looked at 1 Peter 4 a couple of weeks ago and I'm going to invite you to open your bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4 we're going to look at two verses there verse 10 and we'll read verse 11 a little bit later so open your bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10 and let's talk about serving let's talk about these gifts that we have been given by our creator 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10 The Bible says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. The first thing that jumps out here that we cannot miss is that everyone has been gifted. Peter says, each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. You see, spiritual gifts are given to all believers by the Holy Spirit when we place our trust in Jesus, our faith in Jesus. And we're gifted with spiritual gifts. Now these are in addition to God-given talents that, uh, that, that people receive. All different types of talents and some more than others. I'm personally thankful for my spiritual gift because it ensures I have a gift. I'm not sure what my God-given talents are, but I have spiritual gifts. And some of the spiritual gifts that are mentioned in the Bible. Uh, Pastor Roger read a few this morning from Romans 12. A few others. Uh, things like speaking, helping, encouraging, giving. And leadership, those are spiritual gifts. And the Bible says that everyone has a gift. When we have membership class, we pass these serve books out. And these serve books are to be used as you think about your gifts and your talents and how you can serve within Holland Chapel. There are things in here like our tech ministry, like our being a greeter, a musician, a kids volunteer, student volunteer, senior adult care. All those things are found in these books, and you can find these books back there on the tables at the back of the room. Now, areas and places to serve are not limited to this book. If God's given you a spiritual gift and you think of a way that you can use that gift to honor the Lord, by all means, do it. Use that gift for the Lord. He's given you a gift. I'm going to show you a picture of a couple who uh, uses that gift in other ways that you don't necessarily find in a book. There's a picture going to be on the screen of a, a man named Donald Davis. He was in the earlier gathering this morning, and, and that is Donald sitting down, and that's Keith behind uh, Donald there. And, and Keith and his wife, Lita, they have taken it upon themselves to treat Donald extra special. See, his wife had just passed away uh, uh, within the last year, and it was Donald's birthday. And I know that other men and women in our church have been treated the same way, Uh, Bill Carmen was in here earlier and he's been treated this way as well, but this is a picture of Donald's birthday dinner. You don't find uh, giving a senior adult birthday dinner in this book, but you do find a spiritual gift in the Word of God that says encouraging, helping, serving. And Keith and Lita treated Donald to a birthday dinner, and I called Donald the next day. And I said, I heard that you had a special dinner, and here's what Donald said. He said, Nick, they treated me like a king. He said, I felt like a king. That's what serving looks like. Encouraging one another, helping one another, loving one another. It doesn't have to be in a book. If God has given you a spiritual gift, use it. Everyone has a gift. And we also see in 1 Peter that each gift has a purpose. Each gift has a purpose. 1 Peter 4.10 says, use them well to serve one another. You've been given a gift to contribute to this mission. You've been gifted to contribute. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Help each other what? Help each other find and follow Jesus. Think about it really practically like this. What happens when you serve? You say, Well, Nick, what's the big idea? What's the big deal? What happens when I serve? Here's what happens when you serve someone feels welcomed. Eyes are opened to the truth of the gospel. Mouths are fed. Hearts are encouraged. The gospel is heard. Parents can focus, maybe even get a little rest as they pay attention to the word of God because you're serving them by watching and teaching their kids the gospel. Lives are changed. When you serve, lives are changed. It's a big deal. 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety, of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. And then it goes on in verse 11. Verse 11 says, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. We need God's help. We can't do it on our own. We have busy lives. We get run down. We feel tired. But God, if he has gifted you, will give you the strength to carry out that gift and to use it for his honor and his glory. It goes on to say, Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. When we're on mission together, and it's the greatest mission in the world, when we're on mission together serving, it's a beautiful thing. And the world takes notice. The world sees it when the church looks differently than the rest of the world. The world takes notice and they say, Look at those people. What are they doing? They're serving each other, they're loving each other. They're nice people. The world sees it. And the Bible says, and all will bring glory to God. Romans chapter 14, verse 18. It says, if you serve Christ with this attitude, and if you read back, you find that this attitude is one of joy and one of peace. If you serve Christ with this attitude of joy, you will please God and others will approve of you too. The world will take notice. So then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Everyone has been given a gift, and each gift has a purpose. Your gift has a purpose. It's been entrusted to you. It's not been entrusted to me. I have a spiritual gift that you may not have been entrusted with, and it's my job to use it for the honor and glory of God. I'm going to bring back a quote that I shared two weeks ago from Craig Grochelle. He says, if you're not using your gifts in the church, then something God wants to be done is being ignored. God's given you that gift, so I can't fulfill that obligation. God's given it to you. He's called you to serve Him and to serve others with that gift. It's up to you to use it. And while that's sinking in and maybe you're, you're trying to figure out what that gift, what that talent is, how you can use that to serve the Lord, I'm going to ask you to turn to one other passage this morning before we invite our guests up, and it's a tough one. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, Luke 17 is a tough passage. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 17. <clears throat> because we see in 1 Peter, not only that everyone has a gift, And that each gift has a purpose, but Peter also says that we're to use them well. Another version says, use the gift faithfully so we can't waste it. Luke chapter 17 speaks to this. You see, we're often tempted to retire from serving. We're often tempted to to take a break and let someone else do it. I've heard it. I've maybe said it before. You may have said this before. I've served my time. Let the young people handle it. It's their turn. And I want to challenge you, church, this is a tough passage. The Bible does not speak of retiring from serving. God's given you that gift. Look at what Luke chapter 17 says in verse 7. It says, when a servant comes in from plowing or taking care of the sheep, does his master say, come in and eat with me? No. No. He says, "Prepare my meal, put on your apron and serve me while I eat, then you can eat later." In other words, there's more to be done. You may have finished that job, but there's more work to be done. He goes on to say, "And does this master thank the servant for doing what he was told to do? Of course not. Sometimes we do a, a job well done, and we sit back and wait on everybody to pat us on the back because we serve the Lord. The Bible says that's not what it's supposed to happen. He goes on to finish. This is Jesus talking, by the way, in verse 10. He says, in the same way, when you obey me, you should say, we are unworthy servants who have simply done our duty. That's a strong passage. But Jesus says, don't quit serving. Don't wait on the congratulations job well done. Don't quit. We are to keep the mindset that Romans 12 had that we read this morning. Because of all that he's done for you, continue to serve. Remember that we are unworthy servants. I think of people that I've known in the past and even currently who are working to the very end, who are serving the Lord faithfully. I think of a lady named Miss Clara Price, and as we would go to see Miss Clara, she's passed away now, but she would sit in a chair, and she had an end table with a little lamp, and on that lamp was covering uh, notepads and cards and pens, and, and what she would do is she would write people cards. She maybe couldn't physically do other things in the church, but she would write cards. And she would ask us, the pastors, who needs to be encouraged? Who should I write to? Who needs me to pray for them? And she would use every every inch of that card. The middle, she would write on the back. Sometimes she would have to include a piece of paper with it because she couldn't fit it all on the card. But she was encouraging people. That was her gift, and she was using it to the very end. I think of Mr. Wayne and Miss Nell and Gray who are physically unable to be here this morning. They live out in Glen Rose and we take crafts for HC Kids Ministry to their house and they put together these crafts and they fold paper and they cut and they get all the crafts ready for HC Kids from their house because they want to continue to serve. I was reading a book just last night by Francis Chan and he gave this illustration. He said... That he's been told by marathon runners that you are to attempt and try and strive to run the second half of the marathon faster than you ran the first. Which is a real problem for me because I would have to finish the first in order to run the second half, Brandon. Can't get to the second half till I finish the first. But get this. He said they would run the second half faster than the first. And then when you see the finish line, they would sprint with every ounce of their energy. Think about that for your life. As someone who's nearing the second half may be there, the second half of my life. It's time for me to step up my game and to start moving a little bit faster. Laughing at how old I am, aren't you? I see you back there. It's time for me to continue to serve. It's not time to kick up and take a break. And as you get to the finish line, you should run even faster because you're almost there. You're almost to the point where you can see your Savior, and it was all worth it. The Bible doesn't speak of taking a break or taking time off. Sure, rest, rest is good. Now, I shouldn't take a break, rest, but continue to serve in another capacity. The Bible doesn't say that you get to a certain age and then the rest of your life you get to sit back and watch everybody else do it. It's just not in there. I know that's a hard passage, Luke 17, but we've got to understand that, that we have a gift, that each gift has a purpose and that we're to use them faithfully. Serving the Lord is a privilege, and we're in a race that we should never quit because of what he's done for us, like Romans 12 says. May we never forget that we're simply unworthy servants. And I'm going to invite some special guests up because I want you to meet some folks that understand what a privilege serving is, and I think it's going to be good for us to hear from them. So before I ask them a few questions, let me tell you this. None of these uh, folks ask to be up here, and I want you to understand that anything they say is not them boasting. In fact, I've made them very uncomfortable by asking them to be up here, but I feel like that we could all learn something from their heart of service. And so let me introduce to you who we have up here. We've got Bobby and Jamie Mansfield over there. They are a young family with uh, kids and with toddlers, and uh, they serve in many capacities here at Holland Chapel. Bobby is in the tech on the tech team, and chances are, if you've watched a Holland Chapel online service, uh, there's a pretty good chance that uh, Bobby was pushing the buttons up there. They also serve on Wednesday nights with our student ministry. They're small group leaders for our teenagers, and uh, they've been serving for several years. Over here, we have Gordon and Teresa Gardner. They are grandparents, and they volunteer in HC Kids and have served in HC Kids here at Holland Chapel for some time and in kids ministry for many years before that uh, Gordon actually played a key role in uh, leading my son Will to Christ on a Wednesday night uh, after Awana back on the hallways over that direction and so we're forever grateful for Gordon and Teresa and their ministry found out in talking to them that Teresa has been also involved in music ministry uh, throughout the years but here's the deal these this two have been serving the Lord for over 35 years, and they treat it like every day is the first. If you've ever been over there, when they serve in HC Kids, it's like the first day all over again. And my only, with, my only hesitation to having to asking Gordon to come up here is we're not going to play a silly game, and I was afraid he might wear a, a wild wig. If you've ever seen him over there teaching kids, but uh, but they agreed to come up here with no messy games. So thank you, Gordon. Uh, also, in the middle here we have my grandmother, Yuldeen Calloway. She's also a great-grandmother of many, many children. And uh, her current role is she sits at the welcome desk on Wednesday nights uh, to, to welcome in student guests and to give them uh, guest cards and candy for filling those out and just offering a smiling face back there. And she has been serving the Lord in his church for over 60 years. Would you like to thank them for being up here? <laughs> So I'm going to ask them a few questions, and I've also posed these questions to a few church members as well. And I've got some quotes from them that I want to share uh, share with you as well. And we're going to go through these rather quickly. I want you to hear their heart. I want you to hear their desire and their passion for serving the Lord. And we're going to start with the question of why do you serve in the church? And I will quote Rick and Kathy Ricketts. They said that serving is part of God's plan for each of our lives and we want to be in God's plan God's plan and desire for us is to serve and so we want to be found serving what about you guys why do you serve
1: I'll start us off so both my parents have been serving in church for about 40 years and so we've seen the hand of God and blessings in their life and so that's kind of what we want in our family same thing
0: okay so they've uh, seen it growing up you've seen uh, your parents serving and you want to follow In those footsteps, you've seen how being in the center of God's will is a good thing. Anybody else? Why you serve?
2: When we serve, we are walking closer with Christ, so we are able to see God's hand in our life more clearly.
0: Okay. And Jamie had said earlier, said when we're serving, we just recognize God more. You just you just see the blessings of God more. It's more apparent to you. It's more up front and more in your face. Uh, Let's go to the next question. How do you begin? How did you begin serving, or what prompted you to sign up? And I want to ask. Uh, Gordon to share this story of uh, how he got into serving so many years ago I think you'll be blessed by this
3: well when we started we were in our very early 20s and although we didn't know we were starting a children's ministry God knew it and well when that happened was we would meet on the sidewalk after church at Grace Bible Baptist Church and we would shake hands with the pastor just like everybody else was and I never knew I was doing this until many years ago when our friend, Pastor Bill Van Zandt, Ms. Edna, told us a story, that I would go shake his hand, but I would look down to the ground. I would look at the concrete. So our ministry started on the concrete. And I say that because I would not look him in the eye. And they wanted to start a program called the Word of Life program. It has teen program, and it has children's program. And the children's program, they didn't know who they wanted to ask to do this pro- program. So they would also ask, um, well, who can we get? They would ask each other, and they didn't know that answer. Well, we knew who we wanted to get for the teen program, Ty and Deb Atkins, but for the children's program, they didn't have anybody in mind. So they would pray over it. And when they finally came to a decision, they would came together and they would ask, well, they would say, and I asked, but they would say, I know who I want to get to do this program, and that was Bill. And Miss Edna would say the same thing. I know who I want to ask to do this program, and there is where our children's ministry started on that sidewalk.
0: And one thing he didn't share is he said, he said earlier in the nine o'clock gathering that as he would walk by and, and talk to his pastor after worship on Sunday morning, he would always say, where can I serve in the church? But he would real shyly ask it looking down, but he was asking, where can I serve? He was showing the pastor, I want to serve. The pastor and his wife got together and they said, we know who we need to ask. And they asked Gordon and Teresa Gardner to lead this. And for 35 years, y'all, they've been telling kids that Jesus loves them. And I think about how many lives have been changed, how many families have been affected because he said, where can I serve in the church? He asked. He didn't have any idea that kids' ministry was going to be their niche and what they uh, would stick to for decades, but that's what the Lord had in mind for them. Keith Gaddis said this. He said, I was unable to fully commit due to work, and he said, now is my season, and I'm making up for lost time. We see Keith almost every day up here at the church, and he was unable to commit because of work, but now he's making up for lost time in his mind. He's serving. He's up here fixing things, and sometimes we break things just so we can see you, Mr. Keith. No, I'm just kidding. We don't really do that, but you might think we do because so many things we call you about, but thank you for that heart of service. Anyone else have a a story on how did you begin serving?
1: I began in the men's basketball ministry, so that's the only thing that was open at the time when we first started, so started doing that. And Jamie was doing the nursery, and the, the girls. So we found something we were passionate about, and we just jumped in.
0: That's another good point. Found something they were passionate about. I knew that Bobby played basketball in high school, and and so we had a basketball ministry. I was like, Bobby, come help us with the basketball ministry. Found something that he enjoyed doing. All right. So how has serving looked different? throughout your life. I want to go and start with my grandmother on this one, someone who's seen different seasons of life. And serving obviously looks different, right? Than if we're if we're 60 or 70, we're not going to be doing the same things that we were serving in at 20 or 30. And so I want to hear how serving has looked differently throughout your life.
4: Well, I've been going to church since uh, I was born. <clears throat> and I went to a small country church in Grant County and uh, there were not many places to serve in the church and as I grew older and I was saved and baptized I wanted to tell other people about Jesus so I did that by talking to my friends at school and uh, the ones that I knew were not saved I would talk to them about accepting Jesus as their Savior and what a difference it would make in their lives uh, then I, I grew up, I, served, I went to church there for 18 years in my growing up years and uh, then uh, I got married and had a family we have four children and with uh, one, one night uh, brother Ebron Duncan came to our home and asked us if we would help him in a mission he was starting in Little Rock so he said I need a piano player and I need people who will work and help get a church started so we said we would and we did And uh, we did establish a church in Little Rock, and uh, it grew, and my four children were saved and baptized in that church. Uh, We served there for 40 years in the same church with the same pastor. Then my husband passed away, and uh, I had sons and their families, my grandchildren. Some of them went to church here at Holland Chapel, and they encouraged me to come. Here, so I uh, come May, I will have been in Holland Chapel for 14 years, and I have served here in different capacities. And like Nick said, as you get older, you can't serve in the nursery or take a bunch of two and three year old kids and teach them, you just don't have the energy or the strength anymore. But there are places that you can serve, and Holland Chapel is a wonderful place to serve. And I, got started in student ministry with being a welcomer, Miss Betty Vice and I sit out in the back and help in any way we can, and I look forward to uh, seeing the kids every week. They are so enthusiastic, and we have such a good program here for our kids to teach them how to serve and how to, how to serve the Lord, and uh, I really enjoy the ministry, and uh, I don't plan to quit until... <laughs> He fires me.
0: <laughs> I'd be in big trouble if I fired my grandma. <laughs> hey. Listen, did you catch what she said? She went to a little church and there wasn't a lot of serving opportunities because there wasn't a lot going on there. And so she served outside the walls and invited her friends and told her friends about Jesus. And then she said they went and they began a church and then there was more things to do than you could imagine. And her husband passed the the offering bucket was his hat and and, uh, she played the piano and there was more jobs to do, but she didn't quit as she found a new role to serve anyone else uh want to share how his serving looked differently throughout your life
3: technology has changed tremendously for us uh, it's hard for the old ones to go to the new stuff but um I, I, it's the same story it's the same truth hmm. it doesn't change so all you gotta do is just ask god to give you that heart to continue
0: very cool very cool Uh, What do you look most forward to in your current volunteer role? And I'll share a few quotes uh, from some other folks. Keith Gaddis said, I love working with and learning from other men on team efforts. Miss Lisa Cotton said she pointed out how thankful she is to play with such talented musicians and friends. And then the Tullys and the Ricketts pretty much quoted the same thing. They said, we love to invest time and energy in our students. We pray that the kids see that we love them and want them to know Christ. So what do you guys look most forward to in your current role?
2: I look forward to seeing my senior girls come in and just be happy to worship Jesus, and i love to look forward to them growing in their walk with Christ.
0: Anybody else?
1: I look forward to seeing how many people are online, see me replays we get, because hopefully it'll go viral one day. <laughs>
0: you better find somebody else to preach if it's going to go viral. <laughs> Listen, me and Bobby were talking about it earlier and and how exciting it is as he pushes those buttons and puts it online to think, where is the gospel going to be heard today? Where today are they going to, is somebody going to come across this and hear that Jesus saves? My grandma said earlier this morning that she looks forward to, she passes out those guest cards. You want to share that?
4: We pass out first time visitor cards to the kids each week as they come to visit. And I know the kids are spreading the gospel because there have not been many Wednesday nights when we haven't had first-time visitor cards come with their friends to HCSM on Wednesday night.
0: She looks forward to seeing how many guests are we going to have tonight, how many candy bars am I going to give away tonight. Not only that, but she gets to sit by her best friend, and one of the fun things about serving is doing it with friends and family and and enjoying being around each other and, and sharing that company with one another. I think we covered everybody there. I think we've got uh, two more questions here. How do you make sure you stay committed? In all the things that are pulling our attention this way and that way, how do you make sure that you stay committed? I want to start with the Mansfields who have the little kids and, and uh, have a lot going on. How do you guys make sure you stay committed?
1: So our goal as parents is to raise our kids in church. And the best way to do that is to lead by example. Uh, we were doing our spring cleaning yesterday, and we come across a letter from 2006 that uh, Jamie had wrote. You can barely read it, so it's been typed up and put into a frame. But in uh, 2006, before I met her, before we had kids, she wanted to have all the kids come to church on Wednesdays and Sundays. So we have the same goals. When you have the same goals, it's easy to stay committed.
0: Very good. Uh, the, Ms. Lisa Cotton, she said, The parable of the talents helps me to remain faithful. On the worship team, and then James and Debbie Tully said they turned to Colossians three twenty three, which says, "Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord, rather than for people." And that's what reminds them to stay committed. Anyone else have a stay committed uh, comment? I can't remember how we, who said what in the first.
3: Well, once God puts something in your heart that is real and true, and you and you believe in it, and you don't want to lose focus on it, you, you just find new ways to develop it.
0: Very good. You don't want don't to give it up once God gets it started in your heart. Last question. What would you say to someone who's hesitant to volunteer? What would you say to someone out there who's thinking, I don't have the time, I don't have the energy, I don't know if I can serve? What would you say to someone who's hesitant to volunteer?
2: I'd like to share. Uh, sure. We had, a, we had a little boy in our program back years ago named Joey Taylor. And Joey was a, a little difficult to work with he was high energy and uh, we were th- first through 6th grade and when you have 30 to 40 kids in a small room and you do songs and you do a game and when it comes time to for the lesson they're still all hyped up and you try to get them to calm down for the lesson Joey couldn't calm down and he was all hyped up still and sometimes he just was still like this and we would have to take him out. Sometimes Gordon would take him out, most of the time Gordon, sometimes I would have to take him out, but we'd have to take him out and calm down, you know, just take a little extra time to take him out. And then on Sunday morning we would see him because he was there every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. Spending that little extra time loving on that little boy was worth it. We moved out of the area after two or three years of working with that program, but we had him in Sunday school too, so, we worked with him. We moved out of the area. When he grew up, he ended up um, being a, on the A&B Honor Roll in high school. He graduated, and he came to us later and told us, thank you for spending that a little extra time with him. He That thank you meant so much to us that he appreciated us spending that time with him. Now he has a, um, a Facebook um, devotional every day. He does a Facebook devotional. So you don't know who you're going to touch by serving, whether it's in the kids' ministry or an incur, a word of encouragement. So whatever your gift is, just, just do it. Just step in, whatever you're comfortable with. That word of encouragement could make somebody's day. They could be having a bad day. That word of encouragement could just lift them up, you know?
0: You never know how God's going to use your living sacrifice to uh, encourage someone else or to change someone else's life until you give in and serve. Anybody else? What would you say? You said something really good earlier. Do you remember? Try it. Try it, try it, you'll like it. You got to say it with the mic. Try it.
4: Try it. You'll like it. Try it. You'll
0: like it. Anybody else?
4: God has qualified you.
0: There you go. God has qualified you. Don't think that uh, you're underqualified or you can't do it. Remember, God has given each of you a gift. For a purpose. Would you like to thank them for their time this morning? (laughs) We want to now turn to uh, an opportunity for you to respond this morning. There's three ways that you can respond here at Holland Chapel. First and foremost, you can respond in person. You might be have been listening this morning, and you heard people talking about God's plan for their life, and you say, Well, I, I want to find what God's plan is for my life. You need to know that that plan starts with you trusting in Jesus Christ as your Savior, recognizing that you need a Savior and His name is Jesus. Pastor Roger is going to be back in the Connect Corner this morning. Uh, all our other pastors will be around. We would love to talk with you in person about how Jesus Christ can change your life. Maybe you have a question about serving. You want to know how you can get involved. If you want to respond in person, we would love to talk with you this morning. We also want to invite you to respond uh, online. You can respond online. You can drop in those Connect cards in the offering buckets, if you would. Maybe you're watching online this morning and your response needs to be, I sure haven't enjoyed these online worship gatherings, but next week is Easter. And I want to I make next week my commitment that I'm going to be back to worship in person with my church family on Easter Sunday. Maybe that needs to be your response this morning online. But we want to ask you to respond. I want to ask everyone in the room now to take action, to respond to this message series. We've been talking for four weeks about being on mission and quite frankly, we're, we need to be done talking and we need to do it. We need to be on mission together, worshiping. We need to be on mission together, connecting with one another and we need to be on mission together, serving because we never look more like Jesus than when we're serving. He said, here is the example I'm setting. I want you to follow my lead. Take action this week. Commit that you are going to be on mission, that you and your family are gonna be helping people find and follow Jesus. We sang a song earlier, it's called The Stand. And I wanna read the lyrics to this song and then I wanna challenge us to stand and to sing it together. The lyrics say this, so I'll walk upon salvation, your spirit alive in me. Your spirit's alive in me. My life to declare your promise, my soul now to stand. So what can I say and what could I do? But offer this heart, oh God, completely to you. Like Romans 12 says, because of what God's done for us, I'm going to offer my body as a living sacrifice. I'm going to be on mission. So I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned in awe of the one who gave it all. I'll stand, my soul, Lord, to you surrendered. All I am is yours. Would you join me this morning as we stand? Let's commit to taking action. As we sing those words out, and together be on mission.